This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Wow, can you believe it? Here we are at the end of August and staring, too, at the end of the CNE for this year and the start of a school year for many kids. Uh, do I detect a smile in the face of parents listening in? Well, that aside, I hope you've had a great summer so far because officially we've still got a few weeks left. Although in my mind, once the CNE is over, I start listening for forecasts of snow. <laughs> okay, enough already. Let's proceed to the task at hand. Some good old radio shows that still have life in them. No exception is one of the favorites from the 40s, Duffy's Tavern. Now, the program often featured celebrity guests, but always hooked them around the misadventures and get-rich-quick schemes of the manager, Archie, portrayed by Ed Gardner, the writer-actor who co-created the series. In the early 1940s, Gardner worked as a director, writer, and producer for radio programs, and in 1941, he created a character for This Is New York, a program that he was producing. The character, which Gardner played, became Archie of Duffy's Tavern. Owner Duffy was never seen nor heard, and either on the radio program or in the 1945 film adaptation of the short-lived 1954 TV series. And here's an interesting little factoid. Hoping to take advantage of the income tax-free status of Puerto Rico for future projects, Gardner moved the radio show there in 1949. Huh. So they were kind of making those moves way back then. Now it's to the tavern where shortly you'll hear the phone ring, answered soon by Archie, the bartender. Quiet, everybody. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meat to eat. Archie, the manager's picking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Business? Uh, well, it's... Uh, Pretty good since I've been selling Bach beer for nickel a glass. Huh? No, we don't lose no money. Well, I got a trick, you see. I take the regular beer, but before we serve it, I dip a goat in the barrel. <laughs> huh? What, Duffy? Well, what? Talk louder, will you? Some kids is playing ball outside and I can't hear you. <laughs> hey, Fats, what was that? Them kids just hit a baseball through the window. Any damage? Just... <laughs> just another hole in the window. Well, chase them kids off the block. I don't mind them hitting a ball through the window, but they might have hit that spider we was using for shades. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Duffy, them kids is getting tougher every day. You know, only this morning, I caught one of that gang helping an old lady across the street. <laughs> What's so tough about it? She didn't want to go. <laughs> well, look, 
I'll, uh, I'll call you back later, Duffy. Fats, did you get rid of them kids? Yeah, I tricked them. You tricked them? How? I asked them why they wasn't down at the schoolhouse watching the fire. <laughs> So what? The idea seemed to appeal to them. They just asked me for a bellows and beat it. Bellows? Well, if you asked me, the whole gang of them ought to have their teeth kicked in. If they was a little smaller, I'd do it myself. <laughs> Mr. Archie, why do you hate kids so? Why? Because they got no respect for their elders. You give them an inch and what do they do? They, they turn their backs and flaunt it in your face. <laughs> Things was different when you was a kid, huh? They certainly was different. You didn't see me waste me time playing baseball in the streets. How did you waste it? <laughs> I wasted it gaining knowledge. Knowledge that made me the man that I am today. You should have played baseball. <laughs> hey, now wait a minute. Look at that kid coming in. The age of him, coming into a joint like this. He can't be more than ten years old. Okay, Junior, what do you want? Good evening, sir. Kid scram, will you? Well, please, sir, all I want is... Yeah, I know what you want, but if you think you're going to get a shot of rye in this place... <laughs> come back in nine years. <laughs> yeah, by that time, the rye will be nine years old. <laughs> That's tell them, Fats. Hey, wait a minute. You ain't the kid that just busted the window, are you? Sir, you must understand... I merely came in to ask you if you'd be interested in a book I'm selling. A book you're selling? What book? The Pocket Encyclopedia of Useful Knowledge. <laughs> useful Knowledge. Look, kid, it happens I was educated at Harvard. <laughs> I don't have to have no knowledge. <laughs> I got all that I need. Oh, but, sir, this book has answers to hundreds of questions that I'll wager you don't know. Oh, yeah? Like this. Well, for instance... <laughs> how long does it take light to travel from the sun to the earth? The light to travel from the sun to the earth? Uh, well, that depends. How far away from the earth is the sun these days? <laughs> Ninety-three million miles. Right. Kid, don't be fantastic, will you? Oh, but, sir, it is. It's 93 million miles away, and it only takes a light from the sun eight seconds to reach the earth. Isn't that remarkable? What's remarkable? <laughs> it's downhill all the way, ain't it? What else is in that book? Well, um, here's another question. What are the equinoxes? The equinoxes? Come on, kid, give me a hard one. <laughs> well, what are the equinoxes? They're them Indians that live up at the North Pole. <laughs> Do I happen to be correct? Mister, I think you better buy the book. <laughs> Kid, come here and feel this muscle. Now, don't infer me that I'm stupid or I'll bet you right in a kissing. Now, hit me with another question and I'll prove it to you. Very well. How high is Mount Everest? Mount Everest? 
Mm. All the way to the top? (laughs) Yes. 60,000 feet. Sorry, the book says it's 30,000 feet. I am referring to the round trip. (laughs) You think I'm going to get stuck on the top of Mount Everest? (laughs) Don't tell me about Mount Everest, kidding. A friend of mine happened to build it. My dear sir, Mount Everest has existed ever since the Mesozoic age. Oh, yeah, huh? (laughs) Look, punk, I don't take no language like that from nobody. What you need is a good kick in the pants, and here it is. Ouch! Correct. (laughs) Now, get out of here and take that lousy book with you. You see, Fats, there's your younger generation. A kid like that going around calling people Mesozoics. Uh, hello, huh? Oh, hello, Miss Hiya, Finnegan. How are you? Arch, y- your mood seems to be one of perturbation. I just kicked the punk out of here for using the same language. Now, look, Finnegan, you, you got to be tough these days, you know? Uh, spare the rod and spoil the child. Right, in a neighborhood like this, a kid's got to carry a rod. <laughs> You ain't understanding me. What I'm talking about is this present generation. I, I just don't understand them, Finney. And you know, when when you and me was kids and we played baseball together, did you ever see me knock a baseball throw a window? Oh, never, Rog. You're darn right. No, you was the one that always struck out. <laughs> Kids is back again. This time I'm chasing them away myself. Uh, you mind if I go along, Arch? Well, no, but uh, keep your hat on. We don't want to scare them away forever. You know. We might need them for future customers. <laughs> hey, listen, you punk kids. Either you sign to quit playing baseball on this block, or I'm going to take every mother's one of yous and stunt this groat with a bunk uh, hey, starter. Hey, Arch, look at here. Where? Here in the doorway. Uh, a basket. And look what's in it. Holy cat. A baby. On a doorstep. A human baby. <laughs> hey, Finnegan, I wonder who could have left him. Look at it, Arch. Boy, what a cute kid. Hey, maybe we better take it inside. It's sort of damp. Damp? The weather. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. Here, give me a hand, Finny. Okay. Now, now be careful with the kid going yeah, through that yeah, door now. Yeah. Oh, a deserted baby. Yeah. I wonder where it could have come from. Where? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, according to my information, there's the birds and the bees. Finnegan! <laughs> this is no time for rationalization. <clears throat> now... Leave us set the basket down here on a bar. Okay. Holy cat, this is all that has to happen to me. Somebody leaves me with a kid. Hey, Miss Duffy. What? Uh, take this brat, will you? I'm, I'm silly carrying a baby. Well, how do you think I'd look? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Try talking to him. 
Oké, ott tartom már. Kedő. What do you think of conditions in general? A Republican. I wonder who he belongs to. I wonder. Well, let me take a look at it. Uh, let's see. Ten fingers, ten toes, a nose, two ears. Ain't nobody in my family. He's kind of a cute baby, ain't he? What's so cute about him? They all look alike. Maybe you're right. The kid probably needs a drink. Uh... <laughs> Finnegan, put down that scotch. Uh, fats, draw a jigger of milk. <laughs> One milk coming up. Uh, all right, maybe he's hungry. You want me to get him a bowl of chili? <laughs> Look, Finnegan, get him anything. Just shut him up. Let's give him a rattle. A rattle? Well, where are we going to get a rattle? Well, here you are. You can have mine. <laughs> I better go out and get a blanket. Yeah, and I'll get the chili. Hey, well, wait a minute. Don't everybody run out on me. Oh, what am I going to do with this brat? <laughs> me, of all people, left with a kid. Kid, will you stop trying to be cute? Uh, All right, then. You're going to get your milk in a second. Oh, here it is. <laughs> so, that make you feel better, huh? Hey. Hey, you... You got a dimple, ain't you? <laughs> Come here, kid. <laughs> hey, leave go of my finger. Hey, what a grip you got. A kid with your strength, you'd think I was really a father. <laughs> Aww. Look, kid, don't tell nobody I told you, but I think you're kind of cute. Well, what do you know? He called me daddy. Fats, please, some soft music to help me baby get a little shut-eye. rock a baby on the treetop When the wind blows the cradle Will rock. When the bow breaks through, cradle will fall. Down will come, baby, cradling on. Rock a bye, baby, on the treetop. Wind blowing strong. My, my, look at it rock. Don't touch that cradle, might make it fall. No, here comes cradle, baby, you know.
This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had, uh... This little piggy had, uh... Little Bo Peep. She lost her sheep. How are she? Huh? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. As I said, uh, go to sleep, you punk kid. <laughs> Uh, yes, Miss Duffy, uh... I don't think this bottle really has milk in it. You don't think it has milk in it, huh? Why? It's marked 90 proof. <laughs> no milk. Well, well, the baby's gotta... Uh, he's gotta go back where he come from. Can't stand the sight of kids, huh? You know, very well. I hate them. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way... Yeah? That third little piggy had roast beef. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, you mind your own business. Uh, hey, Ike, hey, can I haul him? Well, go ahead, but uh, don't drop him. Oh, no, oh, well, here, baby. Here, nice kitty, 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 kitty. See, <laughs> uh, you know something? What? He looks just like you. Finnegan, you're holding him upside down. <laughs> I think you better call the police and tell them about finding this baby. Call the police? Uh, yeah, well, uh, are they open today? <laughs> they open every day. Yeah, I guess these days they're busy answering indictments, Sam. <laughs> okay, I'll call them, uh... Hello, police department. Lost and foundling division, please. <laughs> huh? Me trouble? Well, I suddenly seem to find myself with child. <laughs> you know, what you might call an off-the-cuff baby. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so if, if you'd like to, to, to send a... a <laughs> If 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 you'd like to send it, <laughs> look, cops, I got the wrong number. <laughs> That's it. Ain't no use fighting fate. <laughs> you mean have a cigar? I've just became a father. <laughs> Well, there's one thing I can say. You sure do things the easy way. <laughs> yeah, gang, just imagine. After all these years, I have an offspring of my own. An offspring? What are you talking about? You found him on the doorstep. All right. So he's prefabricated. <laughs> so what? I'll adopt him so he can have my name to carry through life. Your name. What more could I do for him? You could put him back on the doorstep. <laughs> no, sir, he stays here. Fate has fickled its finger at me. <laughs> you mean you're going to raise this kid? Yep, that's and it'll be wonderful. Just think of it, the joy of watching him as he takes his first steps, you know, and the 
thrill of sending him off to kindergarten, the pride of watching him make his first pass at a dame. <laughs> Handing him down some of my knowledge, you know, practical things like how to pluck a chicken. <laughs> how to chalk a pool cue. <clears throat> I'll take him to the museum, the art gallery, the burlesque. The burlesque? I gotta have some fun, too. <laughs> yeah, I can see it like it was tomorrow. Graduation day. The choir is singing as the organ plays softly. And all eyes is on me little boy as the dean shakes his hand and he says, Congratulations, Archie Jr., here is your sheepskin union card. <laughs> union card? Certainly union card. After spending four years in college, I want the kid to make a decent living. <laughs> just think, Fats. That young man that just graduated is the same little baby that I found on the doorstep today. Time sure flies, don't it? Yes, sir. Tell me, Daddy, do you miss him now that he's gone out into the world? A little. But who knows? Maybe someday there'll be another little one. You mean you're going to get married? Not necessarily. <laughs> That's... There's other doorsteps. <laughs> Boy, that kid sure squawks a lot. So what? Maybe he does squawk, but he's my son and I wouldn't change him for anything. Maybe if you change him, he'd stop crying. I see what you mean. Mm. Let's see now. What, uh, what can I use for a diaper? Uh, Arch, how about the bar towel? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Uh, uh, you got a safety pin, Finnegan? Yeah. Let me have it. Well, I'll tell you, I... Let me have the pen. But I... Finnegan, give me the pen. Arch, it's his pants or mine. <laughs> okay, Sinaran, give me the pen. Thanks. Now, uh, first we take the pen, and I guess we better desanitize it. <laughs> With babies, you gotta sterile up everything. Uh, gotta... Kill the germs. Uh, Fats, take this safety pin and uh, dip it in the bar right. Kill germs? With our bar right? Eight to five, but don't even stun them. Archie, why don't you let me handle this? Look, Miss Duffy, I happen to be the father of this child, thank you. But that don't mean that you know how to put a diaper on him. What's the thought? It's just like setting a table. Now, here, here we are. Now, uh... First, we lay out the diaper. That's the tablecloth. Then, we serve the entree. We place the baby. Now, we take the corner where you put the knife and fold it over to the corner where you put the fork. Now, where you put the sauerkraut, you place the safety pin. What's wrong? I think the sauerkraut stuck him in the entree. <laughs> Okay, you put the diaper on But be careful now, don't forget It's my son My son Gee, that sounds good, don't it? 
It'll sound even better the day that he particulates from Harvard. Archie, did you say Harvard? Yeah. Make it vaster. <laughs> Duffy, you mean to say that my son is a girl? That's right. But it can't be. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's wearing a pink ribbon. Hey, uh, is it really a girl? Yeah. Well, how do you like that? I'm an aunt. <laughs> Well, congratulations, George Thank you Good evening, Archie, me boy Hello, Officer Clancy Say, now what's this lying on the bar? Oh, it's a baby What did you think it was? Well, I thought for a minute that Herbie the Midget had passed out again (laughs) Now, where did the baby come from? I found it on the doorstep So you found it on the doorstep Well, now, just a minute, Archie. That's Mrs. Rogers' baby. She gave it to Johnny McGarrity to look after, and he started playing baseball instead. Aye, sure, and she'd be glad to have her baby back. Oh, but, Clancy, she can't have it back. It's a a lost foundling, and and finders is keepers. Archie, the baby goes back to the widow Rogers, and it's me sworn duty to notify her immediately. The widow Rogers, indeed. That's... I'm going to fight this thing with the Supreme Court. No outsider is going to take my baby away from me. Outsider? Mr. Archer, she happens to be the baby's real mother. That's the trouble with this country. (laughs) Showing favoritism to people just because they're relatives. The audacity of that widow gonna come down here to take me baby. After all I've gone through for that kid. You mean raising her from a boy to a girl? (laughs) Well, all I say is that Mrs. Rogers ain't gonna get away with it. There are certain laws in this state. Oh, dear. A father's work is never done. Better stop that kid from hitting that milk. I think he's off on a crying jag. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, why don't you sing her a lullaby, Arch? Good idea for him. Let's see. Uh, uh, rock a bye, baby, in the treetop. Hey, you see that? It's waking. Yeah. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Hey, she likes it. Yeah, yeah. Let me try it, Arch. If the ball breaks, the cradle will fall. The dawn will come, baby. The cradle and all. Oh. That's one of them. Did you like that, baby? Really, and I, 
I don't think you better sing to the baby no more. Oh, my baby. This must be the baby's mother. Oh, my baby, my own little baby. Her baby. Oh, how can I ever thank you for finding my child? Now, look, sister, if you think... Hey. What's the matter? You're beautiful. <laughs> thank you. I do hope the baby hasn't been a bother. Oh, contraire. <laughs> uh, by the by, uh, Officer Clancy tells me that you was the widow, uh, and I'm sorry to hear of your husband's untimely death. Uh, may I share your beaverment? <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, it was never a very happy marriage. No, huh? I, I'm afraid my husband only married me for my money. The beast. <laughs> Is there any left? <laughs> I mean, uh, are you in a are you in a position to support this lovely child of ours uh, that I love so dearly? Uh, oh, you're fond of children. Desperately. <laughs> in fact, all of the kids in the neighborhood refer to me as that. Old, lovable Uncle Archie. Really? You don't think so, Fats? What do the kids around the neighborhood call me? They call you that old... Yes, sir! <laughs> yep, Mrs. Rogerson. What I wouldn't give to have a little baby like yours. What are you trying to say? Madam, I can constrain me feelings no longer. <laughs> Leave us face it. Fate has thrown us together. You're a man and I'm a woman. You're... Uh, aren't you a little mixed up? In the heat of passion, who's grammatical? <laughs> All I can say that it's kismet. Ah! Oh, God. Ah! I'd better cover the baby. There seems to be a draft from that broken window. Oh, oh yes, the broken window... It seems that some impish little rascals inadvertently heaved a impish little baseball through it. <laughs> I suppose I should have chapstized them, <clears throat> but uh, old softy that I am, I just couldn't do it. That's my great weakness. I, I love them children. There he is, officer. That's a man who kicked me in the pants. Well, well. We have a little visitor. Hello, Sonny. Archie, this boy claims that you kicked him out of the tavern just because he tried to sell you a book. What's this? Must be some mistake. Uh, now come here, me little friend. Uh, <clears throat> did I kick you in the pants? You see, he don't dare tell a lie like that to me face. <laughs> How can he? You're holding your hand over his mouth. <laughs> I still say the kid is a liar. Oh, yeah? Well, ask any kid on the block. You know what they call this monster? What? That old... Mrs. Rogers! <laughs> Are you going to let a crummy punk kid like this deceive you into thinking that I don't love children? Archie, I'm afraid you're under arrest. So that's the kind of a man you are. Give me my baby. I'm leaving. And so ends another chapter of Life with Father.
Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Lights Out and a show first aired in 1942. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Ovaler. Tonight, another in our series of tales of the weird and the unusual. The idea for today's play, the story of Mr. Maggs, came to me a few years ago when I was in England, pre-war England. Calm, peaceful, serene, no enemy bombers overhead, no screaming sirens, and England happily without worry. But before we start, Frank Martin has a word for you. Friends, these critical times are making terrific extra demands on all of us. But if you've gotten miserably thin and tired and run down, don't necessarily blame the war or your job. It's quite possible you simply need more vitamin B and iron than you're getting from your food. Well, if you do need more of these vital substances, get them a quick, easy way. Take ironized yeast tablets. They help two ways in cases of such deficiencies. Help two ways to build you up. Help two ways to increase weight and strength. Help two ways to step up pep and energy. Remember that name, Ironized Yeast Tablets. And now, lights out, everybody. All right, gentlemen, all right, gentlemen. Now, here's an opportunity you can't afford to miss. As the Americans say, an opportunity of a lifetime. In auctioning off these effects of various deceased members of the community, I assure you that no single piece has more pretentious value than this genuine oaken traveling truck. As you see, gentlemen, it's bound in brass and locked tight and secure with a massive, genuine brass lock. What's in it? Nobody knows. But the law says that being unclaimed, strange merchandise, whoever buys it gets it all, as you might say, with all that's in it be it gold or silver plate, or the jewels of India. Now, what am I offered for this chest? Make your bids and make them good, gentlemen. Do I hear someone say ten pounds? Five shillings. Now, gentlemen, look at it. Lock tight. And nobody knows what's inside. A fortune waiting here. And somebody talks of five shillings. Now, come, let's on with it. What am I offered? Five and six. Oh, gentlemen, for firewood alone... I offer six. Six. Six and six. Seven. Well, gentlemen, it appears we're having a competition in little numbers. Is there anybody here who would like to raise a bid in April? Seven and six. Eight. Gentlemen, I ask you, ain't there anybody here who's heard what I said about this just being locked and sealed? Oh, let it go. It's the last thing I've got to auction. So let it go, we'll all go home. 
going to the little gentleman right down near for eight shilling even. Do you hear any more? So, step right up here, sir, and claim your purchase. Now, what might your name be for the record? Name? My name is Mags. Yes, Harold Mags. And the money, Mr. Mags? Oh, yes, in my pocketbook. Got it all ready. Eight shillings, sir. Here you are. Right you are. You understand, of course, the cartridge is extra. Oh? Oh, is it? Right you are. Now, where will I send the chest? Look, I don't know. I mean, extra charges. Uh, where will I send it? Uh, 92 Applegate Southwest 3. Right you are. Is is that all? That's all. The chest is yours. You'll get it in the morning. In the morning? But I'll be at work in the morning. Your old woman will be home, won't she? Oh, yes, but she doesn't in know In the morning, about... they'll deliver it, and in the morning, you'll get it. Good night to you. Oh, good night, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, me, huh? If you knew what I know of that trunk, you wouldn't be thanking me. You'd curse me to the devil. Yes, Agatha. Well, I must say, it's a fine time for a man to be getting home. Mr. Bainbridge asked me to stay and check the inventory. Never mind what Mr. Bainbridge said. Did you get anything extra for doing what Mr. Bainbridge said? Well, I... I... Never mind what he said. I tell you what you get from me. A cold supper, that's what. Oh, it's all right, Oh, is it? Now, just a minute, Mr. Harold Maggs. There's something else I want to talk to you about. Yes, Agatha? How much money have you been making on the races? Races? Me? You. Oh, no, you know I never play the horses. And how much money did that rich uncle of yours in Australia leave you? Australia? Me? Why, Agatha, what are you talking about? I haven't got any uncles in Australia. Oh, then maybe it's a gold mine you discovered. Or maybe a well that gives a hundred gallons of petrol a minute. Agatha, are you all right? A chest. Oh. Why did you buy it? Well, They I... didn't give it to you, did they? It was only eight shillings and I... Only eight shillings? You mean to stand there and tell me you spent eight whole God-given shillings for that thing? Uh, yes. Harold Meg's I ought to... Agatha, what's that? Never you mind what that is. Up in the garret. Yes, yes, up in the garret, where that great prize of yours is. Up in the garret where you should be until your head's examined. But, Agatha, what... In... It's Freddy, breaking the thing open to see what's inside. Breaking it open? Yes, and I told him to do it. Freddy, have you opened it yet? Not yet, ma'am. Oh, Agatha, please, I don't want him to... No, keep quiet. I know you haven't got a key to it. But Raymond told me all about this prize package that did. Oh, but... Plunked it right down in the middle of the kitchen floor. And poor Freddy and I had to carry it all the way upstairs. Oh, Oh, we'll find out what's in it soon enough. Oh, no, please, he shouldn't break the lock. It's a good one. Maybe I could pick it. I'll go up No, no, Harold, come back here. Let Freddy do what I told him to. Harold! Harold, come back here this minute. Harold, you regret this, making me climb these stairs. Harold, do you hear me? Ma'am, ma'am, make him stop. Harold, Harold, what's come over you? He huh? won't smash my chest, he won't. Uh, well, Mum said I could, she did, she did, she oh, said I could. Oh, you strike that boy. Oh, I didn't. Well, you thought about it. He may not be your flesh and blood, Harold Meggs, but he's mine. Ah, he's a big lout, 30 years uh, old. Mum, he called me I a heard. big lout again. Quite enough. Harold Mags, give me that hammer. 
Yes, Agatha. I'll fix your precious chest, your precious lock. <laughs> That's oh, right, Mum. Show him. Show him. Oh, a good one, Mum. You smashed it. Oh, it was a good padlock. <laughs> you keep quiet. <laughs> Buy a cat in the poke, will you? Ditch him, Mum. Well, now we'll see your grand bargain. Help me lift the lid, Freddy. <laughs> sure thing, Mum. We'll see what you wasted oh, my good money on. Mum. Why? Why, it's empty. Empty? Harold, Mag, you wretch, you. Taking the bread out of the mouth of your good wife and your son to buy empty trunks. I Wait, to... Agatha. Wait for what? For what? It's not empty. What are you talking about? See? The whole inside crusted with dried blood. <laughs> It's not morning. No, of course not. Open your eyes. Oh, oh, oh. I heard something. Well, what did you hear? Can't you hear anymore? I said there's someone in the house. What? What do you mean? Listen. I don't hear anything. Don't talk. Listen. Ah! You heard? Yes. Up in the garret. Oh. Get up and do something. Well, what could I do? You're not going to let them steal the house away from us. There. Again. But why in the garret? You're going to lie there talking while they... But we've nothing there for anyone to take Ah! there. Ah! It's Freddy. Freddy? What? Come on. No. No, not up there. Well, I'm going... Harold, come back and don't leave me alone to be murdered. Harold, don't go up there. Harold, I'm frightened. Agatha! Agatha, come up here quickly. No. No, I'm afraid. Agatha, quickly. All right, all right. I'm more afraid down here than I'll be up there. Can't be much to be afraid of. If you're not afraid, Harold. So dark up here. Well, Harold, what is it? Agatha, come here, help me. Well, what is it? What's the matter with you? What? It's your Freddy. Freddy? Freddy! The lid of the chest seems to be closed on his head. And I can't seem to open it. going on like that. There's nothing we can do for you. I I knew you loved the boy. Guess he's the only thing you ever loved in all your life. Do something. Do something, you worm. What is there to do? Storm so bad. Just have to wait until morning, that's all. If you hadn't bought that infernal chest. If I hadn't bought it. Murdered him, he did. You hated him for the memory of my first husband. Now, I wouldn't say that, Agatha. Why not? You bought the chest. So it's your doing. 
Well, in a way, you're right. I brought the evil into the house now, didn't I? What are you talking about? An unhappy house, and now there's evil in it. What are you saying? Since we came downstairs, all these hours since it happened, I've been thinking. Thinking what? How do you think Freddy died, and why? You're crazy? Asking me if I know how he died? I saw it, didn't I? But I asked you, why did he die? Why? Why? Because the infernal lid of it fell on his head, that's why. Oh, my Freddy. Yes. <laughs> the evil did it. Evil, evil. You are crazy. The only thing evil was your buying it. You just don't understand, do you, Agatha? What are you looking at me like that for? I tell you the lid fell down on his head. Evil. Evil, evil, evil. Stop trying to make me as crazy as you are. Come on back up there and help me carry my son down so I can stretch him out decent and respectful for when the undertaker comes. No, Agatha. What? I've made up my mind. I won't go up there again. Oh, yes, you will. He'll lie dead in the bed, my son. Not up there. No, Agatha, I've made up my mind. I figured out that up in the garret the evil has taken... Evil be blasted. My son... You will help me carry him down. Don't stand there. Don't stand there. Storm's over. Help me carry down his body so I can lay it out decently. No, Agatha. No, hear me out. It's evil. I'll have you locked away, I tell you. Evil, and I knew somehow that it was there. That's no. why I dragged you downstairs again so quickly. You never thought much of me, Aggie, but this no. time, believe me, if I go up there with you, it means my life. I've listened to enough. A split-headed little worm, that's what you are. There's nothing up there but that blasted chest you bought and Freddy's body. And if you won't help me bring him down, then, curse you, I'll bring him down myself. No, Agatha, come back. Aggie, come back. Agatha, I beg you. Aggie! Aggie, you shouldn't have. This once in all these years, you should have listened to me. If you'd have listened this time, I would have meant something more than... <sighs> Agatha? Agatha, what's doing up there? Are you all right? Agatha, do you hear me? Are you all right? What in the... Agatha, what? Agatha, what? What happened? What's the matter? Oh, Agatha, heaven help me. I can't come up to you. I'm afraid. Agatha, that's another hour. It's hard waiting, Agatha. I've got to keep so quiet. I've got to listen. Perhaps you'll say something. Call me again. I've got to know what happened. Man can go crazy not knowing what happened. I... I'll keep very quiet. Perhaps I'll hear you saying something up there. Agatha? Wind. I hear nothing but the wind, Agatha. I'm afraid to move out of this chair, Agatha. As afraid as I've ever been in all my life. And that's been many times, Agatha. Something safe about this chair... 
it's my chair. I've sat in it so many times it knows me. And while I'm in it, nothing can happen to me. Now, can it? But if I were to get up, leave it, walk toward the door. No, I won't do that. I'll sit here and wait in the chair. And when it's daylight again... <gasps> Agatha, is that you? I, I heard you again. Agatha? Agatha? Agatha, why don't you answer me? I hear you moving around. Why don't you answer me? Agatha! Agatha, isn't it you? Sounds as if... as if a heavy chest were being moved. Moved along to the head of the stairs. No. Nothing more. So quiet. Is that you? You're bringing the chest down? Agatha, is it you? No, no, it couldn't be you, could it, Agatha? And who is bringing it down? Who is it? Answer me. Answer me! <laughs> I've got to get out of here. Run. But I can't. I can't. I'm too afraid. Who is it? Agatha, it is you, isn't it? It, it must be you. It must be. Uh, not many more steps than I'll see. No, no, I won't look. I won't. Stop, you, whoever you are. Don't bring that chest down here. Stop. 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 No further. Stopped. I won't have to see. I won't have to see. <gasps> Again. Oh, no. So close, bottom of the stairs. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. What? Oh, if I could close my eyes. Only one more step. I know it. I know it. Just the chest, no one with it. How can that be? No one. How could a trunk come down the stairs, one at a time, alone? Something buzzing in my head. 
Sign receipt for it. Oh, yeah, it is. It's lying right here. Ah, yeah. Received one chest. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at, Mr. Jamison? Ah, just thinking. Thinking of what, might I ask you, sir? Thinking and wondering if they found out. What's that, sir? That the chest was the one in which that murderer, the young last Wednesday, used to stuff his murdered victims. Oh. I wonder if that little man that bought it, what was his name? Uh, Mags, found out about his bargain yet. Phew. Yeah, just a second, Mr. Obler. You mean to say that this old chest Kill those people? I, uh, I didn't say. The supernatural, the supernormal, and coincidence. Who can separate the three? I'd like to tell you something that actually happened to me, though, a few years ago. Very strange happening. Back in Chicago, late at night, I sat down on my typewriter to try to write a short story. I sat and sat and sat there, but no ideas came along. Then, just as the clock struck twelve... And I remember the time very, very well. The idea came along. 
Quickly, I began to type. The story, a criminal in a hotel room hiding from the police. He can't uh, remember uh, exactly what to do. Uh, finally, in his panic, he climbs out the window and hangs from a narrow ledge high above the city street. Finally, just as the police come in, he falls. Well, I got that very far with the plot, and then suddenly, rather tired, I went to bed. The next morning, the headline of the paper told of a criminal who had hidden in a hotel room, and then when the police broke in, the panic, and the hour was just at midnight, had tried to escape by hanging from the narrow ledge outside the room. In other words, as I was writing that story, at that very moment, mind you, it was actually happening. Coincidence? Supernormal? Who knows? But now, um, what happens next week, Mr. Obler? Next week? Scoop. Quite a strange title, I'll admit, and a very strange story. It's about a man who worked all his life only to have what he had worked for taken away. <laughs> but that, as usual, is next week. Yes, Lights Out will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obler's weird story of Scoop. Oh, by the way, in answer to those inquiring about scripts, a new book of plays by Arch Obler, Plays for Americans, has just been published by Ferrer and Reinhardt. These plays may be used without royalties by any person or group in connection with our country's war work. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. <laughs> is later than you think. Thank you for listening, and thank as well to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.